And then I said, what are you talking about? I'm not a wombat. Are you sure? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. <laughs> do you not have the notes up? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I am CJ. I am Amanda. Welcome to podcast. This is, I feel like, devoid of all of the usual crap uh, that we usually do at the beginning. Yep. You know, the forgetting to say our names, all of that stuff. Straight to the point. What's going on? Are you feeling okay? Are you hungover today? It would not surprise me if you were. I'm shockingly not. Like, I feel a bit (laughs) sleepy and my nose is a little bit blocked. My neck is sore. Because I fell asleep on the fucking couch. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't, I'm not feeling like, yeah, I thought it'd be like, a headache or something, but I feel fine. And I'm not sure why. And now I'm worried about, is it going to, like, is <laughs> a it, am I effect. still waiting? Like, is it, am I going to get to work and it'll hit me? Or Yeah, I mean, like, uh, if you didn't know, it was CJ's birthday yesterday. We're recording this on the 21st of March. And we went out for, like, what? 10, 11 hours yesterday. I was so tired when we got home. We didn't even stay out late. We just started early. No, we started early. Um, and I, I, the only thing that I feel, I feel great today, to be honest, because I had the longest sleep I had all week. So mm. I actually got a full a full seven hours. Full seven. More than? No, my Fitbit says seven. Oh, okay. So I feel great because I've been averaging like five. Uh, <laughs> so I feel really good. My voice, however, feels fucked. So if I sound different... It's just because I was yelling all night. Yeah. Yeah. Bars are fucking loud. They are. I kind of forgot that about them. Mm. <laughs> this is just like a lot of shouting. Um, so, yeah, I feel like my voice is a f- bit fucked. But apart from that, I feel great, <laughs> which I don't understand what is happening. I drank, I, like, we drank for a solid 10 hours. I drank a lot. Like, I should feel much worse than this. It's all that water. That water I didn't drink all night. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, you didn't drink any of the water? <laughs> I had, like, maybe a glass at some point. I was drinking a lot of water. I think that was what helped me. Don't know. Don't know. I'm not, I'm not complaining though. Yeah. Like, don't know why I don't feel like shit, but I'm glad I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you have to work today. So yeah. Well, that's the part of the reason I was like, I'm like, I can't get too bad. And honestly, like, like I like going out. I like having a drink. I like trying new stuff, but hangovers suck. This is true. This is very true. I- I've been pretty blessed that most of my life I haven't really had them that much obviously as you get a bit older they get a bit worse i've definitely had some bad hangovers at this point but not many so yeah. like i think back to like when i was younger i used to like i'd go out drinking and i'd be hangover like every fucking day but also i would just i could wake up i could literally make myself spew once and it was over now Lovely. it's just like i just feel like crap for a day like a whole you, you know even you're not even 30 yet i know it just gets, it's shocking like how quickly <laughs> it changes and i know it gets worse so it's definitely I mean, something i want yeah. to like you know, I want to keep enjoying alcohol, but I'm going to, like, I also want to, like, not ever get hangover again. And I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure I'll have a few I was going to say famous but- last words, because that's not going to happen. Although, um... <laughs> if I can limit it to, like, a- one a year, I'd be happy. Yeah. I mean, that's not too bad. Um, I mean, I-, I don't really drink that much these days anyway. Mm. You know how, like, everyone over lockdown was drinking more? I was somehow drinking not at all um that was not a good sentence but you know what i mean and i don't know i feel like i'm kind of over it i i did all the drinking heavily in my early 20s i got it out of my system 
I can just think of so much, like, so many better things to do with my time than spending it, like, hungover or tired the next day. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, it's changing for me from, like, a drinking for fun to, like, a drinking because I want to, like, try the drink kind of thing. I do think it's also a socializing thing. Like, if I drink, it's mostly, like, because of socializing these days. It's not, like, I just drink because I drink, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, like, I don't go out to drink for the sake of drinking if i'm gonna go out drinking it's like i'm gonna go to this place because i've mm. heard the drinks are really cool and i want to try them or like they've got this weird thing on or like something like that so yeah yeah welcome to getting older yay <laughs> so how, how's it feel to be 28 you're 28 right yeah no different no different <laughs> well i mean i've got this weird thing on my leg i don't think that's because you're 28 oh <laughs> gotta keep an eye on them like if i don't start improving soon i might actually go to a gp Okay, that's fair. Or else, and I mean, you still got leg amputated. Yeah, no. Okay, no. Um. <laughs> For those at home who don't know what I'm talking about, I got this weird. I had an itch on my leg, and I was scratching it. And then the next day, it looked like an ingrown hair. And then the day after that, another one had formed near it, but for no reason, and it hasn't itched since. And then they're kind of getting bigger. I don't really know what they are. One looks like a bruise now, and the other looks like a scab. So it honestly looks like a cat bite. Kind of does. But I, I don't think you've been bit by a cat, so no. that's weird. Unless a cat bit me from another dimension and only one bite mark appeared at a time. Yeah. Because there was a day totally. between the t- marks turning up. So. <laughs> Which would weirdly, it's such a good segue to my first story. Yeah. Because it's about a cat bite. Yeah, I know. So it almost <laughs> happened this week. Um, we picked two of the same stories. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that was purely because we were short on time and that was what was in the news cycle today. Yeah. We that's both the went first to time like that's ever happened. I need a story. Yeah. Website, aka um, the Daily Mail, and uh- <laughs> <laughs> look, I can guarantee, or I can depend on Daily Mail to give me some really weird shit at any point. So, yeah. of course. Um, <laughs> so we briefly spoke about it just before, like, ready to record, and then we we're like, "Oh shit, we have two of the same stories." Because I mean, occasionally we might say like what it's about. Like, give a really, like, like one-word summary of what it's about. Mm. Um, and then we realized that we had two of the same stories. <laughs> yep. So, I got to keep the cat bite one. So, you already know what this is about, but... Yeah, I should have actually asked, because had you read either of them before we started? I skimmed. I skimmed. Right. Because I had already read the cat bite one, but I hadn't read the other one that I'm going to do. So, I was like, maybe oh, I should okay. read the cat bite one, but whatever. I mean, I have no idea what happened with the cow. I just yeah. seen the photo. But, like, th- this... This dude is like this. This is a weird story. What the, the cat one bite one? The, the cat bite one. Okay, yeah. it's so um, like you've got. To I have it. a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts about this story. So yeah. here, here we go. Look, we're starting. Sorry, the, the the shit talks over. We're starting. There was this guy. His name's Adam. Um, he's from Sydney, and he agreed to mind his Tinder date's cat. And just first off, before we even go into the rest of this, I kind of hate that they keep referring to her as, um. Like, his Tinder date. I'm like, if he's agreeing to mind her cat, I think they probably know each other more than a few messages on Tinder. Right. I mean, I guess it's clickbait, right? Yeah. Or was it like, that was literally their first night meeting or something like that? I don't think it was, but... As a cat owner, no. (laughs) I don't think that you would trust your pets with some rando person that from Tinder, especially, to look after them. No, 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 no. (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, but anyway, that's besides the point of the story. That was just something that was annoying me the entire way through the, the article. So the cat, um, his name is Klaus. Which is a great name for a cat. 
Why is that a great name for a, for a cat? I don't know. I think it's a cool name. Klaus. Klaus the cat. Klaus. It just makes me think of uh, the character from Vampire Diaries, who's kind of an asshole. So. Uh, well, actually, cats are assholes. So. Uh, anyway. So, Klaus escaped, which honestly, like, if I was looking after someone's cat and they got out, I would be fucking horrified. So, <laughs> Adam decided to try and lure Klaus back into the house with a tin of cat food, which I'm like, that's a solid plan. It turns out to not be... But <laughs> when, when I was a child, I once tried to get our house cat to come out from behind the garage with a trail of food, like in the cartoons. Mm. Like I got the cat food and I was putting a biscuit down, leading a trail back to me. <laughs> the cat was having none of it. It didn't work. Yeah, cat sounds stupid. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you've got like a tin of something that smells like really good to a cat, like, you know, like some really like tuna or something. Yeah. You might, you might be able to, to, to get him out. Um, so when Klaus got close enough to the food... Adam bent down to pick him up, and the cat was not impressed. I mean, they're not impressed at the best of times, but he was really not impressed. Um, Klaus scratched him and then bit Adam on his hand. Badly. The photos are pretty bad. Um, Apparently, according to the article, Adam made it up two flights of stairs with the cat still attached to his hand. Mm. Uh, Which, weirdly, a, a weird story is that I had a similar thing happen to me when I was a kid with a ferret where I like where we kept our ferrets for like okay this is going to sound weird to anyone who has a pet ferret our ferrets are not pets they they worked for us this is sounding really weird <laughs> my grandfather in the factory they manufactured small goods <laughs> oh my god that's so cute though you could talk to ferrets no, my grandfather hunted rabbits for a living and he used dogs and ferrets to do it. Okay. So, like, they weren't pets. They didn't live in our house, but they were obviously still well kept in a cage. Okay. Um, but the cage is, like, right up the back of the, our backyard and we had, like, a really big quarter acre block. And I, of course, was putting my hand in the cage because I was a kid and I wanted to pat a ferret. Like, why wouldn't you? And uh, the ferret latched onto my hand and I ran that entire length of that block back to the back door with the ferret still on my hand. Uh, (laughs) Screaming the whole way? (laughs) Oh, of course. Of course. And I can guarantee you, not a good time. Like, not a good time at all. So, I feel like I can relate uh, (laughs) to how he felt having a cat attached to his hand up two flights of stairs. It's also the weird that we have, I, I know, like, they were introduced here, so I'm just weird that we still let people have pet ferrets, but you can't introduce, like, hamsters or anything. Yeah, it is weird. Um, I but, guess I the mean, law came into effect after we already had ferrets, so it's like, well. Well, I mean, I guess the thing is because he used them for hunting. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing that people still do. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, back in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, that was definitely a thing that my grandfather was doing. Mm. And they were kept in cages, but it's not like they didn't get exercise because he'd take them hunting. Yeah. So, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I, you, need to, you need to see the photos of his hand because it was not good. Um, there's a lot of blood coming from many places. Um, there's a recent so, cat bite victim yourself. <laughs> I, I, I have been bitten by a cat. Recent times, which I have a nice little scar forming on my leg from. You know, I, actually, that's a good point. I know that because I've recently been bitten by a cat. That cat bites hurt like a bitch. Like, you think, you see cats' little mouths and their little teeth, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't hurt that bad. No, 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 it, it fucking hurts. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume because the action that Adam takes after he gets bitten slash scratched, I have to assume that he is not familiar with cats or how their mouths work. 
Um, because Adam took his dad's advice and super glued the wounds shut, which has to be the worst idea I think I've ever heard. That's some, uh, that's some World War II trenches fucking... Yeah, but they weren't getting bitten by cats. Yeah, and like the super gluing was what they would do at the end to help hold it together. It wasn't the final solution. Like they would still clean the wound and stuff. Yeah. And then super glue um, it back. The reason that cat bites hurt so much more than you think they will is because cat's teeth are basically like needles. They're really long and thin and their entire mouths are kind of like covered in bacteria. So when they sink their little teeth into your flesh, they are basically injecting bacteria into the wound. And that's why they get all inflamed and disgusting. And they're like at really high risk of infection. So if you get bit by a cat, you have to make sure you clean it out and like all of that stuff. Otherwise... Like, you're going to get an infection. So, basically, he super glued the wounds with all the bacteria in there and left it. Um, so, what I personally would have done is I would have cleaned the shit out of that, uh, made sure that you had a tetanus shot, maybe put a Band-Aid on it. I don't, I don't even think I'd put a Band-Aid on it because then you're still trapping stuff in there. So, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done that, but you probably could have. Right, but because this guy, Adam, has super glued his, the wounds on his hands shut, it, it got infected badly overnight. So there's also photos of this in the article. His hand is so red. Like, I I don't know that I've seen an infection like that before. It also looks like he's taking, like, his hand looks like when you blow up a rubber glove. Yeah, it's like ballooning to like twice the size of what his hand should have been. It looks insane. Like, I don't super glue wound shut without cleaning them properly. Maybe don't do that at all. Uh yeah. Um, so he ended up spending a week in hospital and nearly lost his hand. Like, he's very lucky to have not had it amputated. A PSA. Don't do this. <laughs> Are you going to mention his quotes from the article? No, because they're terrible. You can mention them if you want. Because he does threaten to kill the cat. <laughs> yeah. He was like, my first, my, he was like, my, it, it's so weird. So the, the article is actually a short story taken from a book. A book, yeah. Of like, like, Today, today I, I Fucked Up. up. Based off the uh, very popular subreddit. Yeah, so, like, the writing gets a bit fruity. <laughs> or he's like... That's a way to describe it. <laughs> but it is. Like, I'm like, no one, no, one, no one actually fucking talks like this in real life. This is like... No. And he's like, it's so fucking weird in that he, he's like, the cat's on my hand. And all I can think about, like, I resist the natural urge to pile drive the cat. Yeah, it's really bad. I, and then he's that's like, why I didn't mention the, the it. The only reason I didn't was because... It, and then he's like, I couldn't, the only thing that stopped me was picturing Angela's face after me telling her I'd murdered her cat or, no, he was like, I didn't want to tell her the cat ran away after I'd murdered it kind of thing. He, like, his words. And, like, he actually said, like, I didn't want to um, tell her that I had accidentally on purpose murdered her cat. And I'm like, if you're thinking about murdering cats, like, maybe that was that was a red flag for her. Yeah. Probably should have told like, her that. Beautiful, <laughs> sweet Angela with her, like, she looked like an angel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, all the, it's just, it's a weird and then three days later, they broke up anyway. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was because he was thinking about killing her cat. <laughs> right? I also had a really cool segue at the start that I was going to go in, uh, but you found yours first and got in there before I could turn the conversation <laughs> to it. Um, Sorry to uh, steal your thunder. That's fine. Because uh, obviously, as we said, I had a birthday yesterday. Yes. So I thought I'd do uh, I was like to myself, I'm going to do a birthday-themed story this week. Okay. And so I typed in birthday and then hit news and then I had to keep scrolling until I found something relating to uh, Australia. Okay. And I did. And it's kind of tangently related, but it's also not really, but it is about birthday cake. Did you ever take birthday cake to school as a kid? 
No. Did you ever have like someone in your class bring one in though? Or like cup? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So they've obviously stopped doing this during COVID. Um, but a lot of schools want to keep the ban on birthday cake. Is it because the kids all get like hyped up on sugar? Mm, no one's concerned with that part from what I've heard. Okay. So what is, you know, we still have COVID for starters. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's fair. I mean, people are acting like we don't, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> but what they have now in schools that I wasn't really a thing when I went through them is a healthy eating policies. Which I think dictates oh, yeah, that was definitely not a thing when I was like, in school. Give your kid to take to school kind of thing. And they're like, it's kind oh, of really? weird that like, yeah, so that parents aren't sending their kids to school with nothing but like candy and chips and shit. Okay. I, I'm assuming that means that like the canteen is probably very different to how I remember it because I'm not sure anything healthy was in the canteen. Yeah. I used to buy hot dogs every day. I used to literally get hot chips on Friday at one school yeah. I went to. Yeah, so there's this finding is like counterproductive to their healthy eating policies at school to be like, hey, you have to, you can't bring that in here, but it's your birthday, so let's all eat cake kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how often are kids bringing in fucking cake? Well, I mean, if you have a, a class of 30 kids, potentially 30 times a year, mm. which is a lot. <laughs> it is. Um, so the article had a poll in it, which I voted in. 67% Ooh. of people think that students should still be allowed to eat cake, which I agree with. I agree with as well. I'm like, yeah, I let them have cake, you know, just fucking take it in. <laughs> yeah. However, I also see the concern that's being raised. So, yeah, like I said, I never really felt like it was, like, I remember birthday cakes coming into class and stuff. I don't feel like it was an all the time kind of thing. It certainly wasn't mm-hmm. every kid was doing it. And as you get older, less and less people would do it. It's more like when you're younger. Yeah. Um, but quoting one of the schools, they mentioned pastoral care coordinator. So it's a Christian school. Yep. Quote, birthdays are special and many children love sharing the special day by bringing in a cake or treats to share with their classmates at the college. While this is a lovely gesture, the number of birthday treats coming to the college each day is causing concern. Most weeks see a birthday or two from every class. I mean, uh, depending on how many students are in a school. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes several on one day. This makes it difficult to promote a healthy eating policy amongst the junior years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, and I, I do get it's a concern if kids are eating cake every day. But I'm also like, is there not maybe more serious topics of conversation that you could be worried about in schools than there being too much cake? <laughs> too much cake. <laughs> like I feel like that's like way down, like way, like, way down. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing now um, these schools are like the police station in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> oh God! Just everyone's eating cake all the time. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does sound like at that Christian school, cake is just banned, just gone. No more oh, fun. I no feel, more. I feel bad Jesus, for them. Jesus says cake is a sin. <laughs> I don't remember that in the Bible. Yeah, I'm like, that's a bit harsh. Some other schools at least are offering alternatives. Mm. So one school is for 40 cents per child in the class. You can arrange to have a whole bucket of sugar-free Zupa Dupas delivered instead. (sighs) Okay, in comparison to cake, that sucks. Yeah, like I would still be happy with the Zupa Dupa, but it's like, whatever. I mean, I I would have been as a kid as well, but if the choice is Zupa Dupa or cake... Uh, it's not equal. Yeah. I think we've talked about Zuba Dubas before. You've definitely got them wherever you live. They're just the fucking... They just call something different. Yeah, it's just the ice block pole thing in a plastic sleeve and you suck it out. Yeah. And, yeah. and you like cut your, your the corners of your mouth on the plastic. It's, it's a thing. I mean, there's so many other options. That seems like the worst one. I used to work in a really big office, so the solution there was, instead of everyone having a cake all the time, was you just have cake day once a month. Sounds alright. Why not do that? You still get cake. Yeah, you could even like go. You could do cake day once a term. Mm. 
Men som yeah. full times year. That'd be kind Absolutely. of cool, like a quarterly class birthday party. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I my last office job, one of my coworkers liked making cakes in her spare time, so we were always getting cake actually. <laughs> I actually got reminded of the one. She made me one for my birthday like two years ago and it was fucking awesome. She was like, I just made like, yeah. a little cake and she handed it to me. She's like, it's in the fridge out the front. Go get it before you leave. I'm like, okay. And the fucking thing was like marble glaze with fucking like soft caramels <laughs> on it. She's like, I just whipped up a small cake. I'm like, fuck, Janet, this would cost like 40 bucks in a store. Easy. Yeah. Well, that was really nice though. Mm. Um, but here's the thing with those Uber Dupers. You got to order them two weeks in advance. Um, I weirdly have inside knowledge on how Zuper Duper um, logistics works because. <laughs> oh, is it? Because is it, I was like, what is it? Why can't the canteen just organize 30 Zuper Dupers? Why does it need two weeks? No. Morning? So Zuper Duper transport is a real issue. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So obviously I used, to, <laughs> I used to work. For the company that makes Zuper Dupers. And uh, I worked in the logistics department. So I know that it's a huge fucking problem. Like if they could get rid of Zuper Dupers, they'd do it tomorrow. So what happens is, is because the boxes of Zuper Dupers are so big, but the volume is so small, they have to store them for ages. And then it's um, like a real issue finding space in trucks to transport them. Right. So that's why it takes two weeks. <laughs> Interesting. Because here I am being like two weeks. What the fuck? Yeah, no, I can explain that for you. That's that's the reason why it takes two weeks. Interesting. Because, like, the profit on a Zuper Duper is not worth it, basically, because of all the logistics issues with them. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought it would be very easy to transport them, because you could fit so many in a box. So, Zuper Dupers are very cheap, and they're big. Like, the boxes they live in are big, so... I guess, because they're, so, they're quite long. They're usually, like, 30 centimeters yes. long, so it is a bit of an awkward... And they weigh a lot. So you can only have a certain weight on a truck. Mm. So then finding the space for Zubidubas on a truck is actually quite difficult. Interesting. So there you go. Can I answer that question for you? Okay. It's not the school just being weird. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a, it's the supply. It's the supply issue. <laughs> the illegal underground market of Zubidubas transportation. <laughs> I should just post them. I used to fucking always did a story today about, like, uh, apparently a lot of people are literally just trafficking drugs in the Australian Post. Mm. Just put them in the... Pat- in, like, the Don't em- give people ideas. The article's already out. The police busted, like, yeah. a bunch of people. But the- I read the article. They only did it over two days. So yeah. you probably find it. Just continue doing it now. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but, that, like, that's pretty much it. I-, I agree with all the counterpoints of, like, why... Yeah. They shouldn't be having it, but I'm also like, let the kids have cake. Find a better solution than a bucket of fucking Zuper Dupers. I, th- I think the once a month or once a term cake day is an excellent solution. Yep. Kids still get cake. Yep, schools. But it's not every day. You know, you can implement that. We, we won't charge you for that idea. Yeah, like, feel free to steal it. Um, I'm not copywriting it or anything. Well, this becomes, <laughs> like, worth a lot of money, in which case we would, like, 1%. Yeah, just one, just one. Yeah. <laughs> That's my story. That's my... I don't know. I just... It feels really... um disappo- I would be really disappointed, especially... No, actually, even as an adult right now today, I'd be so disappointed if I was handed a Zuba Dupa instead of a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that... Um, have you seen that TikTok where it shows um, some girl's party and they shove her face in the cake and then she throws the cake across the room and then it cuts to like the guy standing there with his plate The guy and in fork, the background and he's just like, being like, what? what? He's got his party hat on. I'm just like, yeah, I feel you, man. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Cake's great. That'd be great. so annoying. You'd be like, mm. you'd not like have a second cake to throw or something? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to admit, I'd be really disappointed if I was at a birthday party and I was like so keen for a piece of cake and then they threw it. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Why? Yeah. Why, why have you done this to me? 
Okay, so I'm going to switch pace a little bit here. I found, look, I haven't done something like this before on the podcast, and I doubt I ever will again. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's an opinion piece that I found this morning, and it's just so bad that I wanted to pick it apart on the podcast, basically. Okay. So, the opinion piece is about how Scott Morrison was right to not make an appearance at the March for Justice rally in Canberra. Ugh. It's really fucking bad. Mm. You know where he was recently? The football. Oh, of course he was. He had time for that. Yeah. That, that's fine. Um, and the reasons cited why it was a good idea for him to not attend uh, are ridiculous, and it hurts me, basically. I mean, he should have um, not attended by just leaving the country again and not coming back. I mean, I'd be okay with that. So, uh, if you're not aware, March for Justice was a thing that happened recently here in Australia, um, and it's in relation to um, a bunch of ex-staffers coming out and uh, allegedly saying that you know, uh, they were sexually assaulted while working in parliament and there was a huge rally, like pretty much all over the country, basically women saying, please stop touching us without permission. Yes. To which Scott Morrison said, be thankful we didn't shoot you. I'm going to mention that, but yeah. (laughs) So the opinion piece was written by a guy named Des Horton, who I've never heard of before. Des. I'm sure Des is the right person to speak to about women's issues. Oh, I'm going to say that too. Don't worry. (laughs) Because I had never heard of him before, and I was like, why should I take this person's opinion seriously? I want to know who this guy is. He's an extremely right-leaning journalist, and I'm I'm just going to read out a couple of tweets that he recently, like within the last month, made. This one. It's good. Labor is coming after your money to pay for its bungles. Labor? Yeah. What bungles? They haven't been in fucking power for like 12 years. Um, Well, he was specifically talking about Queensland. Uh, and I th- he uh, attached, it was a quoted retweet and it was, the tweet was talking about sort of the COVID response because Queensland has been pretty um, strict on their response to COVID. Um, so basically he was trying to imply that they're going to raise taxes to pay for the expenses of COVID. And I'm like, what else were they meant to do? There were always going to be extra costs associated with a pandemic. I, uh, Okay. And so this is another one that he said in response to a BHP tweet addressing climate change. And he tweeted, stop pestering Mike. The world needs coal. Do your job. Go and dig some. And that was his response that the world needs coal. You know, while the rest of the world is trying to move away from coal, we're still for some reason trying to cling to it. Oh, but it's clean coal now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, honestly, I kind of stopped after that because it was literally just tweet after tweet bashing the Queensland Premier. Who's done a good job. They've had very little COVID. Exactly. Um, They've probably, apart from like Northern Territory, have had one of the best responses um, and results Mm. in relation to COVID. They've definitely had um, less restrictions than everywhere else has. So calm the fuck down. Um, anyway, uh, so that's just the kind of guy we're dealing with here, um, just to, to paint a picture, I guess. So he, he does say in his opinion piece, in one very small paragraph at the beginning, that the March for Justice rally had honourable, which he spelt wrong, just FYI, had honourable motives. So he does, he does admit that maybe we, people shouldn't be sexually assaulting women. Cool. So he at least says that. What a extreme However, take. Yeah, right. Um, However, like I said, one very small paragraph at the beginning. And then after that, oh boy, oh boy. Um, So after that, he goes into how the demonstrations at the rally had ugly tones, whatever the fuck that means, and that it was just hijacked by the unions. The unions? Yeah. Is is liberal anti-union? I'm assuming they are. Of course they are. (laughs) What fucking union? I don't know. Damn, I hate how all the women in the world came together in that one union of we don't want to be raped. 
Yeah, like I, he didn't even like provide evidence to back that up or anything. It was just a wild claim. It's like when fucking Trumpers um, are like, "Oh no, 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 that was that was Antifa." <laughs> he also basically calls them all, and these are exact words that are used in a sentence. Calls them all green slash labor aligned whinges. Um, if I laugh I just, during this, it's because it's this ridiculous. Just, like, like, it's just stop having your toddler tantrum about being sexually abused. I mean, yeah, obviously um, any liberal supporter who's been sexually assaulted wouldn't complain about it, is, yeah, is what that, I'm hearing. The, yeah, like, so the women on the right, they get raped and they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is ridiculous. Um, and he also, in the same sentence, somehow ties it back to Extinction Rebellion protest rallies. Two very different issues. Um, but okay. But both I don't know, it's, just, it's a fucking party. reach. Sorry? But both affect his party because they love killing <sighs> animals and burning fossil fuels and touching women. Apparently. So, yeah, like I said, obviously the uh, March for Justice rally was all about the recent accusations that have come out about politicians allegedly taking advantage of their positions of power and sexually assaulting women. And one of those women committed suicide in the past year. So it's been, it's been really, really bad, the stuff that's been said about all of this. But another one of the women who did come forward was Brittany Higgins. Des had this to say about her and her involvement in the, in the rally. This is a quote. The alleged rape in the ministerial office of Brittany Higgins, a former political advisor, has also fueled public anger. She addressed the rally in Canberra, even though her rape case is pending. This was ill-advised, in my opinion. Why? <laughs> it doesn't say. <laughs> the woman um, at the forefront of, like, the fucking issue who sparked it, she shouldn't have gone. She shouldn't have gone. She shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Because her, her legal case is pending. I guess this is kind of like the issue around sexual assault cases. I mean, I know the statistics are horrible, but, you know, most don't even get reported. And the ones that do, I think it's like a 4% or like a really low number um, success rate in like a conviction. So it's it's hard to get a conviction. Whether or not her legal case gets any result doesn't diminish her experience. So it is irrelevant in her speaking at the rally. Well, you spoke at the rally, so I guess you really weren't raped. Case dismissed. Uh, like, nothing to do with it. It's a very weird opinion to have. Uh, I, uh, this is where I said I should mention that after the rally, ScoMo basically said, and I am paraphrasing here, that women should feel lucky to live in a country where they can protest because in other countries, people are being shot. Yes, which... For doing the same thing. Is one basically saying, be thankful we didn't shoot you, but also, like, this was was in the same week where people in Myanmar were being shot for protesting or... The, um, I, I guess sort of, I don't really understand ScoMo's statement, though. Is Are we meant to thank him for not shooting women? Yep. I like the tweets where um, it's like, ScoMo raises his gun to the crowd and then he looks to the left and his wife gives him a slight shake of the head. <laughs> he, ra- he puts the rifle down. Um, it's just it's just the weirdest statement I think I've ever heard in response to something like this. But anyway, uh, it's not unusual for him to have these kind of responses to things. So whatever. Des spins that comment very differently in his opinion piece. He says, As the marchers gathered around the nation for the March for Justice, ScoMo told Parliament the rallies were a triumph of democracy. <laughs> but they should also be thankful for not being shot. <laughs> I don't even get how... How is it a triumph for democracy? <laughs> well, that they were able to hold the rallies and, you know, put their ideas forward. Uh, <laughs> or their complaints, I guess. So he's saying that they were able to have the rallies, so that was a triumph of democracy. That's not what he said, but okay. All right. 
So Dessa's main argument, however, is that ScoMo had the was right to not attend because the women at the rally would have bullied him. Oh, boo-hoo. So this is a quote. Scotty from marketing and other put-downs would have been filled... Sorry. Scotty from marketing and other put-downs would have filled the air as his critics slashed out of the leader they constantly accuse of inaction because every deed they scorn and ridicule. What deed? What action? Yeah. What Like a what person's going to get criticised. It's his fucking parliament that's doing the problem. No, no. Like, He'd get called Scotty from marketing. Oh, he couldn't go. No, his feelings. Fuck. <laughs> You are the leader of a goddamn country. You are going to take criticism. It's fucking part of the job. No, no, he's feelings. Oh, little Scotty can't deal with it. Needs a juice box. So another point that he makes, that Des makes, is he basically says that women are just protesting to make the coalition look bad. Got another quote for you? I mean, do you think all women are no longer coalition voters? Because that's- Apparently. And they're just doing it to make you look bad? Then, I mean, like, just- One- that probably means your party's bad. <laughs> Two, literally half the population doesn't like you. You will lose the next election, guy. Like, what? It's it's a really weird point to make, um, but the quote was, there was little doubt that the radical left had succeeded in persuading the marchers to see the sexual assault issue through a partisan lens and attack the coalition. <sighs> I don't think that it an is a issue- political issue because the fact is that- you are a political party and your party is abusing women. So, of course, but it is an attack on your party and your people. Like, I actually don't view it that way. <laughs> it has nothing to do with political parties. Nothing. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, right-leaning or left-leaning or if you're, you know, in the middle. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that these women got together because they were frustrated about lack of action and... They're saying that they're not happy with that. Has nothing to do with whether they're, you know, yeah, like a liberal supporter or a Labour supporter. Has nothing to do with that. Mm. They're just saying, please stop touching us without our permission. I don't understand, like, why you want to spin that to make it something political when that's not what's being said at all. Well, I mean, it's not that it's not being said at all because the Liberal are the main party that are not taking action. So it is an attack on their inaction. But the root problem is not political. (sighs) I mean, it's a hard one because it is a little bit of an attack on the Liberals, because ScoMo refuses to hold an inquiry. But I do think at, at you know, a base level, it's just women being like, stop doing this thing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But To begin with. Of course, there's going to be some political element to it, because it's about a political party, so it involves them. Well, yeah. I mean, I think my main point about an opinion piece like this is that it was just totally unnecessary to begin with. Why anyone hired him to write this opinion piece or he sold it to someone, I assume, more likely. Why they bought it, I mean, I assume it's clickbait. They want people to get angry, all of those things. Um, But Des is like at least in his 60s. Why are we asking old men to comment on an issue that has no consequence for them? It does though, because then he won't be allowed to touch women. I mean, yeah, I guess technically, but like, why why are we asking old men on their opinion? I mean, really, maybe maybe we should ask the women. Did ask him? He just fucking put it out there. But well, someone bought it though. That's the problem. Like, so why why are these things being published when I feel like what you should be hearing is the voices of women, since it's a women's mostly issue. I I don't want to diminish. Um, the fact that obviously men also get assaulted, that's clear. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's facts, but uh, you can't kind of, um, argue with facts that it happens a lot more to women, right? Yeah. 
if men wanted to get together and have their own rally or like we wanted to make a joint one, I'd absolutely be on board with that. Like that's still an issue. It's just the the rate that women get assaulted is, you know, much higher. So like instead of commenting, having like an old dude uh, comment on a rally that women attended, maybe we should ask some of the women who attended what they what their issue is. Wouldn't that- Their issue is Basically, it's men like Des. Like he, the fact that he's like sat here and sort of made it some sort of like political argument about like party versus party, and that it's you know only a tool to put down liberals. Like that, no, no. Oh, I don't know. I I would absolutely assume that if Labor was in power and that Prime Minister did the same thing, you would have had the exact same result. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's why I kind of think that it's not about party versus party or any of that stuff. It's more the lack of action. Yeah, I I agree with that. But, like, I'm just saying, like, I can see why he sees it as a political issue. I guess because I'm not a very political person. Like, I really don't give a shit about politics. It's all kind of the same bullshit to me. I sort of more view it as the, like, the individual's impact rather than, like, the overall political impact. Where I'm like, I feel like if you went to that rally, it was probably because something has happened to you without your permission. And that's really the problem to begin with does that make sense but also i can also see the other side of that where you have a prime minister who basically doesn't ever do anything about anything um who is very clearly ignoring the issue when you have multiple women coming forward um saying you know these horrible things happened to me and he's like oh well it's okay don't worry about it yeah well he doesn't want to do anything because he just wants to maintain his job as leader of the country and that's his way of seeing how he does it. He's like, well, all the people before me tried to do stuff and they got fucking leadership spilled out of here. So I'm just going to sit here and go, well, hey. Uh. <laughs> I mean, like, kind of the point of being the leader is that you do shit. I- yeah, but he's not interested in that. He was just interested in saying that he is the leader of the country and he gets this fat paycheck. That's why he's yeah, there. Lord. He's not interested in actually leading Australia. He just wants the prestige. Mm. I don't know. It's such a tough, uh, like, a tough subject and it's a tough thing to, like, um... <sighs> A tough thing to suggest solutions for. I mean, I I personally think the solution is that men should be taught how to handle their emotions so that they don't feel like they need to do these things. No, everyone sees it that way. But I kind of feel like when you have a leader who has such a clear thing that they could do to at least try and resolve the issues that are happening like right now and is refusing to do that, I'm not sure what you thought the re- like the result was going to be of that. Especially when it's such a widespread issue, like it's not just a political issue. It's not just, you know, men in parliament who are doing this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we took a weird break just then to (laughs) bring the groceries inside. And now I don't know how to continue this. So we'll just get into my next story, I suppose. It's a real Yeah, let's do that. Uh, This is the other story that you almost did. Yes, I I had this one open to do. About a cow? So it's raining here today in Melbourne, which is the first time all week. Uh, we've been mm-hmm. lucky we've been missing the um, flooding that is affecting New South Wales, which has now been, uh, like, I think while we were recording this, finally got declared a natural disaster. Yeah, I feel like I missed all of this. I didn't know. I knew that, it was raining. Like, there was such bad but weather. I didn't realize how bad it was until, yeah, today when I'm, like, going through looking for stories. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, like, I had no idea. Mm. Um, I really... I've been in my own world this week. Haven't really yeah. read anything. Yeah. Um, but in all that rainfall and flooding, a herd of 22 cows has gone missing. Oh, no. However, we think one of them may have been found. 
washed up on, and I think you probably know this place, Old Bar Beach near Tari. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alone, a distressed cow was discovered. Its legs buried up to its body in the sand. The photos are really sad. Yeah, there is. There is a photo of it looking very miserable. Uh, it's also yeah. very close to the waterline, so it would have been like getting hit by the swell and the waves. <laughs> Luckily for this cow, though, a group of volunteers, uh, it's just stuck there on the beach. And the beach is not normally where you find cows. <laughs> no, that's generally you don't get many cow sightings on the beach. No, although there are some nice photos of like cows at beaches. It's weird. <laughs> okay, but sometimes they go. I guess. Um, so yeah, looking for this cow, a group of volunteers who found it and the local surf lifesaving club worked together to free the cow from the sand uh, before placing her on the barbecue and having lunch. No, <laughs> they did not. That is not true. <laughs> I'm joking. This is why I don't eat beef. You do eat beef. I do eat beef, but not often. No, they put the, put the cow in the paddock with some sheep or some goats. Um, I couldn't really tell in the photo. It was quite small. And um, The cow looks quite small in the photo. Yeah, I don't know if it's It's like it's a young cow. I have seen a lot of cows in my life. Yeah? So okay. I don't have a lot of experience with cows. I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. You grew up in the middle of cows. <laughs> like, literally where I grew up, you go, you go on Windsor Road, and when you start seeing cattle, that's when you know you're getting close to where I grew up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, it looks like a young cow to me. Mm. Cows are fucking big. Cows like, are big. I like it when they sit like dogs. <laughs> cows are weird animals. I, I love cows. I think they're very cute. But because um, they don't really have many individual thoughts. They do everything as a herd. Uh, so I can specifically remember being on a property with my grandfather once and I ended up sitting on the top of a trailer because I was surrounded by fucking cows. They're huge. They're intimidating when there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, we used to walk through... Um I went, where I went to school in where I lived in Timaru in New Zealand. The quickest way for me to get to school was to walk through a cow paddock, mm. um, which we stopped doing after one almost charged us. Yeah, um, they're generally not aggressive. Yeah, but they are intimidating just because of their size. Yeah, usually, it's fine. I I remember the day because like the cow took like three quick steps towards us and I bolted. <laughs> I gone. I didn't stop. I literally like <laughs> ran back to the schoolyard through school and back around home. Uh, everyone yeah. else is going home within that street. They just. The cow stopped after three steps and they continued walking through the paddock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gone. I was out of there. Oh, I dear. Like, I killed by a fucking cow. You're not risking it. <laughs> I was seven. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> I mean, to a seven-year-old, a cow is like- It was huge. No, 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 no. Too big. So, yeah, like I said, cow's fine. She's safe in a paddock with some sheep or some goats. Um, a couple of people on social media have commented on it with quotes like, Poor thing. Would be so would be knackered and so scared. Yeah, absolutely. And what a terrible ordeal. I hope she can live a happy life in a sanctuary somewhere. Me too. Don't put her on the barbecue, <laughs> please. They're so tasty. She's been through enough. Uh, I mean, uh, but yeah, unfortunately for the cow and everyone else in New South Wales, you're expected to be continuing with your bad weather for the next week um, with 60 to 70 kilometer hour winds expected, gusting up to 90 Jeez. and more flash flooding. And like I said, like on Twitter now, it's saying that it's been declared a natural disaster. I don't know when this news tweet went out. I feel like since I've left Sydney, the weather thing there has been weird. Mm. It's almost as if climate change is an actual nah. thing. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like we've had a lot of stories about animals. Let's get another one. Yeah, my last one's another about, one animals about an animal. Well, so. This is an old article. It was published back in 2018, but I thought it was really, really interesting. So I'm going to share it with you. Um, and we're going to talk about the, the Tasmanian tiger, the thylacine, which we talked about in a lot of detail way back in episode two. I would not recommend you go back and listen to that one because the audio is absolutely atrocious. Um, <laughs> but 
but still. We uh, we have talked about it before. And we mentioned it again briefly recently we after we thought there was a sighting, yeah. but it turned out not to be. So this article was actually about events that took place back in 1921. So it's all about a controversy about a photo that was taken of a Tasmanian tiger. It was taken by a man named Harry Burrell for the Australian Museum magazine. Okay. Um, and I'm going to send you the photo now. It's it's kind of an amazing photo. There is one photo I think of when I think of Tasmanian tiger. So I'm wondering if it's that one. Oh, he's carrying a chicken. Yeah. So what, I'll describe what's in the photo. It's a, a Tasmanian tiger and it's got a chicken in its mouth. Yeah. Now that you've seen the photo, mm-hmm. do you think it's real or do you think it's been doctored in some way? Keep in mind, it's 1921. Mm, I mean, I can't really see where it's holding on to the chicken, but the feathers could be obscuring it. But I don't know. It seems legit to me. But why? So the photo was used at the time as evidence that the tigers were a threat to livestock, which we talked about this in the episode where we covered it a lot. But basically, the government was paying people to kill them. Um, you know, farmers were killing them all the time whenever they'd see them on their land. And it was all because they thought they were a real threat to their livestock and it directly caused their extinction. Yeah. There is some evidence to say that they were their numbers were dwindling naturally. Um, but we definitely, in the very least, sped, sped up. up the process a lot. And I, I sort of think that if this hadn't have happened, we would probably still have them now because they'd be in zoos, we'd be conserving them, all of those things. So the fact that we don't have one that we can even see right now is a direct result of, of this uh, sort of mindset. Mm. And I don't think it's really known how true that was, but how much of a danger they were to livestock. Yeah, like I could see it, like, did he give it this chicken? Like, this doesn't look like... Okay, I'm going to go into like, you say, why like, manipulated it's or, like, a staged photo or... I mean, that's pretty much what it is. So, um, the government actually stopped paying people in 1909. Mm-hmm. So, this came out after that. There is evidence to say that the photo is completely staged. Yeah. So, Carol Freeman, who is a researcher at the University of Tasmania, has studied the photo. And um, this is a quote from the article. So, for her, the image itself, which she says is one of the last negative representations of the thylacine, points to the deceptive potential of photography and its impact on wildlife. So, basically how it's thought that this photo was made, the Tasmanian tiger isn't actually alive in the photo. Yeah. So, it's thought that it was one that was actually stuffed and mounted and placed in the photo. And I actually totally believe this because if you look at it, the chicken's thrashing around. You can tell it's an action shot. But the tiger is completely still. Yeah, the longer I look at it, the weirder it looks. And like I feel like the chicken almost kind of looks like it's in front of the tiger as well. Yeah. So, I don't know how they attach the chicken to the tiger because obviously you can't see that. But it seems weird that you can tell that the chicken is moving, but the tiger is completely still. You can see every detail of it. Like, it's Also, where is it going? It's walking into a wall. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, the background is also staged. So, what it's thought to have been is that it was meant to be like this wild tiger out in the bush, um, but it's actually just some props. Mm. Uh, so I've got a quote from Carol um, I could see that the image had actually been cropped To make it look like the thylacine was in the wild Based on the original file When I looked at it even closer with digital imaging I could see that the bush was cut branches That were just placed against hessian The whole thing seems completely staged Yeah, to me it doesn't look like it's in the wild It looks like it's in like someone's chicken pen But there's no other chickens or anything That would make you think that a chicken lives there Yeah, and I'm like, where is the tiger going? Yeah, because it's facing a wall like, it's, I wonder if this is the non-cropped version of the photo. Yeah. So, like, the crop version probably um, didn't include up the top. You can tell there's a roof. Yeah, and you can, like, see the 
chicken wire. Yeah. And like cropped out the side where you can see the the um the wall that it's apparently walking into. <laughs> um but like the the whole thing about this is like they're saying that this is like the last negative representation of how dangerous um, the tigers were to like our way of life and all of that kind of thing. Um, but she says that the guy who took the photo, Harry, he was just a known prank- prankster and he was like an extreme extrovert and she thinks the whole thing was just a joke. Hmm. I'm not sure how funny I find it now. <laughs> I mean, obviously at the time they didn't, they didn't know at this point that they were going extinct or anything. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, not very funny. Hmm. It's a really interesting photo. And the fact that that was published in a magazine as well is um, just really interesting to me. Obviously, um, the photo will be in the link in the description. It's just um, it's Maybe we a should photo. crop it and see if we can recreate it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a decent idea. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting that that was the kind of thing that was going on to basically get rid of the Tasmanian tiger. Um, I don't know. I still think it's like so sad that we don't have them still when it, we really could have. Yeah. Maybe they're pricks, though. Maybe we didn't. <laughs> Well, I mean, mate, oh, I mean, it's a wild animal. I don't think they were friendly. Um, but still, like, you know, it's a part of, like, our history that's just gone and for, like, really dumb reasons. Yeah. Like, there's no reason they couldn't have, like, conserved those. They just didn't know the impact that they were having on their population. And, and like I said, there is some evidence to say that their jaws were not exactly the best at actually killing things. Um, so they might have become extinct on their own. But I kind of think that if we had left them as they were then, yeah, we would definitely still have them in zoos and that sort of thing. Yeah. This thing is very sad. Look at him. Lears. Well, my final story is also about a great Australian animal mystery. Ooh. Mm. And bring it back our most discussed topic on the podcast, uh, poo. <laughs> you know, it's really sad, but it's probably true. <laughs> it probably is. It's just shit you know, in saying that, else. we haven't had a really good shit story in a while. We haven't. I might have to rectify that. I'll become a poop jogger just so I can fuel more poop jogging <laughs> articles. I must become what I hate. <laughs> so we're going to talk about wombats as well because they shit cubes. They as do. It's really weird. You've probably heard it before. We say it on the show every time wombats come up, they poop cubes. Which, I mean, like, it's weird. It is weird. It is. It's weird. Yeah. Like, the only animals that do it as far as we're aware. And for all like, of human why? history. We have not known why. <laughs> Are you and about like, to tell me that we do? We know do now? now. We finally know. We've unlocked the knowledge of the cube poop. <laughs> so a cube can come out of a round hole is what you're telling me. It can. So it's not that the butthole of a wombat is square. I didn't think it was. No. The poop already is square before it comes out. Oh. I mean, but also I'm like, why? That just sounds uncomfortable. Mm. We'll get into it. So, we only know this because of an accident. You know, like all great scientific discoveries are accidents. Of course. <laughs> uh, Scott Carver, an ecologist at the University of Tasmania, discovered that poop is formed into cubes much higher in the wombat's intestine during a wombat dissection he was doing. He, like, found poo in there and he's like, oh, it's already in cubes. How has this not been discovered before? How often are wombats dissected? I don't know. I would have thought in the past, probably pretty often. So this led me down a path which has produced a paper published in Soft Matter. Oh my god. Which is a scientific journal <laughs> called Soft Matter. Is it all about poop? Not quite. I quote this from a UK physics education website I found that describes the journal as being all about all things squishy. 
So poop. That's not a better description. <laughs> so they talk about they. It's a journal for all things poop, paint, blood, milk, ice cream. Um, they look into spreads like what you put on your bread and stuff. Oh, okay. This is a really weird mix of things. The, the, anything that's like a semi-solid. That's what soft matters into. Okay. <laughs> if you can squish it, you don't want to know. Is this about like? It. A, wasn't there like a YouTube? Who's doing? Um, who's being paid money to do research on ice cream? That sounds like a cool job. I want that. Do you get to eat a lot of it? Because like, I'd be down. What do you do? I have a doctorate in ice cream. <laughs> oh, dear. So, quoting Scott, we discovered cubes inside the soft intestine. It was such an unusual thing because how do you make cubes in a soft tube? I mean, valid question. It was quite contrary to the hypotheses out there. Or hypotheses? I don't know. So, hypotheses, I think. Scott gets to work. He's collaborating with scientists in the US and they delved into the biology of brown nosed wombats. And they're doing things like fecal fluid mechanics. Um, they were running complex mathematical models trying to figure out how it would work. And what they discovered is there's varying muscle thickness throughout the intestines of the wombat. And they have these two weird regions, like these, these two really stiff regions by comparison. Okay. And then two parts that are even more flexible than the rest of the intestine. Weird. So as the poop is drying out in the last part of the colon, Mm-hmm. There's a proper term for it, but I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> internal muscle contractions basically start to form and mold the poop like a little ball of Play-Doh into a cube shape. Beautiful. Imagery. It's great. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure like how it happens, but I'm sure the math explains it and they were able to run like math simulations that produce a cube poop. So I guess it's kind of like similar to like rabbit poop, if you've seen that. It's not a cube, but it's a little, you know palette thing yeah mm. um so i guess it's just that theirs is a different shape yeah or it has different thickness of muscles in different places so therefore they get a different shape of poop yeah uh it just apparently it seems like a thing in marsupials where it's quite common they'll have like flat sides their poop but it's never flat on all sides but it is for a wombat for wombats it is um mm. so i got some last little facts here wombat intestines are about 10 meters long whoa mm. that's all that's all in there that's all in there i mean ours are long too but yeah Okay. They take four times as long to digest their food as humans do. Does that mean that they don't have to eat a lot to maintain their I don't, I think um, it means round they figure? Don't have to eat as often. Mm, okay. Maybe. Um, and they are believed to communicate via their poop. What? Yeah. They're leaving poop signals for each other. They leave poop signals for each other, possibly. So, quoting Scott again: Wombats have a really strong sense of smell. So they'll leave feces on a prominent rock or a log or a small rise in their home range. And we think it is a form of communicating who's present and possibly other things like their reproductive status. Therefore, we believe that cube shaped of the poop helps them aggregate so they don't get de- so when they get deposited on an uneven surface, they don't roll away as much. Hang on. Are you meaning to tell me that they use their poop to signal if they're up for it? Yep. That is disgusting. Wombats are into scat. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's what people did? Just shit on a hill? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, instead of going on 10D, you just fucking walk outside <laughs> and just shit on your post box or something. You're like, yep, that'll bring them. That'll bring them. Oh, no. <laughs> is my- this what poop joggers are doing? Oh, my God. Did we just crack the code? Maybe. It wouldn't be the milkshakes bringing the boys to the yard anymore. <laughs> Gross. I hate it. Mm. <laughs> um, so, Scott and his co-workers won an IG Nobel Prize, which we have talked about before it's the satirical one or the one that's awarded uh the award given to research that makes people laugh i believe the guys <laughs> yeah. if you remember i did the story about people getting worms drunk oh yeah that's right i think they won one as well for memory and scott actually thinks the research has applications in other fields including manufacturing 
So I'm like, are you planning to make a giant fake wombat intestine to produce cubes? I feel like we have other ways of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But okay. I mean, maybe it's a better way. Maybe it's more efficient somehow. Yeah. But that's it. That's why. They they poop squares because they got a weird intestine. And then they okay. need this poos to be square so that they can leave their fucking messages. <laughs> you know? Okay. It's like a, it's a, it's like a little like, shit post. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the way of looking at it. Okay. Um, that, that was a story. It was a story. Um, <laughs> I've got to get ready for work soon and eat something because I'm starting to get hungry. Can it be cake? So I can have some? You can have some cake. You don't have to wait for me. I'm probably it's your not. Birthday, I know, but you can have some. There's a lot of it there. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'm in the mood for cake. I'm just going to make like a chicken sandwich or something. Boring. Yeah. Boring, but tasty. <laughs> Does that mean we're done? I think we're this done. This is it. As I say, I have to admit, I don't feel like this was our best episode. Yeah. Excuse us for being time poor and possibly a bit hungover. Mm. <laughs> we're thinking about making some changes. Yeah, we're changes. thinking about making, I mean, nothing that's going to affect you, uh, guys actually you as a listener. Yeah. But I, I feel like sometimes recording on a Sunday to get out an episode by Wednesday is a bit of a tight de- like a tight uh, timeline. So trying to make this a bit uh, better for ourselves, basically. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. It could be a disaster. <laughs> it could be, or it could be way better. So. Yeah. But like I said, it will literally, we could not have told you guys and you would never have known, hopefully. Yeah, pretty hopefully, much. This was useless be. information to you. It I'm was. sorry. Yeah. And if you'd like to tell us how useful... Uh, useless it was rather you can send us an email at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com find us on twitter and instagram at fmedeadpodcast we have a website that's fuckmedeadpodcast.com subscribe if you have the time or can uh, we'd love a review as well if your platform of choice lets you do that and if you'd like to donate to the show you can do so at coffee.com forward slash fmedeadpodcast beautiful mm. I say something here don't I yeah um, okay so thank you so much again for listening this week and we'll be back at the same time next week Goodbye. Goodbye.